0: connected at urbanmusicreport.com for the hottest music and
1: feature videos, fashion reports, sports stories, entertainment news, and technology updates at urbanmusicreport.com. Stay connected. David Stoltz here from uh, Burlington, Vermont. And we're now in the Navy Yard, which is a little part of New York City, David. And you were just talking about Bastianich. No. Give us a, what you were saying. Well, bro. I
0: knew I knew him a little bit. Right. He was. Um, he, he took. You know, Tony Schiavazzi wanted to show me at that time, and and I went with Charlie Coles because I had backing from from a man who. I don't think wanted to be in that particular vein, right. and I didn't come out of that. That, though my work related to Keith Harry very much, as to this day, they, people still that's say that's true. Yeah, say my work has that ability. I didn't come from that background, uh-huh. and I was showing more with people like Andre Emmerich and and more more of the constructivist and Storm King Museum type stuff. And yeah, yeah, where I'm at. Things like that. So so um, I knew Basquiat, I knew him pretty well, and I knew Keith Haring even more because he came to my studio uh-huh. when he first came from Pittsburgh. Where was your studio? Were you down on, on Green Street? You said? My studio? Yeah. My, well, it wasn't, <laughs> my studio was actually right here in Dumbo. Oh, really? <laughs> and, but but I did have, I had, I had like 5,000 square feet in Dumbo, uh-huh. but we moved into, in my, I was teaching, uh, when I was up at Bennington College, from 1970, 1969 to 1975. Okay. And when we came back to New York City, I found a loft, 5,000 square feet, $250 a month. Oh, my God. On Wooster Street. The still my heart. Louise, my ex-wife, was a painter. Yeah. And she didn't want that much room. So she took 1,000 square feet. I took 2,500 and we lived on the rest it was amazing but I couldn't really work because it was too justified so yeah we, we um,
1: did, you had a lot of cocktail parties
0: <laughs> no I did work there I did some of my best work I built Utica 1 and 2 right. or, well really Amarillo Utica 1 and 2 was only in
1: in sections. There. I should just jump in. David has a sculpture background, and uh, you know he considers himself, first of all, a man who does sculpture, I, I believe. But those are some of his big uh, works up in... Uh, Storm King Mountain. If they're currently up yeah. there, still, so, uh, yeah. yeah. This is a major collection up on the top of mountain, and uh, easily accessible by Route 22 going right through there. I think so. Anyway, just a little introduction of that. But uh,
0: well, I, got a, I got a big piece a little later. I was on West Broadway with a big, two big pieces, mm-hmm. and I have a big piece up on 86th Street and Third Avenue. Right
1: at right. this
0: moment. Yes, and that that That's was the piece that was in, in um, that, that was in Soho
1: on West Broadway for many years from eighty four to I don't know what year after. That. Well, you've been it. down there. There's a lot of evolution of the business of the art business going on right then. I um, was very much a part of it. I was. Who were some of the people that you we were involved with down there?
0: I can't remember the name of the gallery now. He's a fairly good dealer where my sculpture is. I lived no. on Wooster close close to the house there. And that was the side that first developed. And Warren Benedict, that was his name, good okay. gallery, he offered me a show and I turned him down. Uh-huh. I said, nobody comes to that, that section. <laughs> so,
1: that, that was the street.
0: That was a, a street between. Um, Spring and and A little
1: side street there. Yes, it's going you over you to Big time, you know. <laughs> but
0: in those days,
1: you didn't go. You
0: didn't want to have a show there.
1: Uh. Nobody come. but there were other people down there of note that were obviously uh, I knew were the Art Students League um, as well and he came to Pratt so I mean some of the people I guess are well known Came out of that, that you know, that background as well. So, oh I mean, yeah. So who are the people that were working down there at that point? I mean, oh, Chuck know.
0: Close, uh, mm-hmm. oh, Brett mm-hmm. Rosenquist. Yeah, you yeah. You name it. All, all the artists who were living either in Soho or Tribeca, or right. Not in Chelsea. Chelsea became later. Uh huh. And you see, the reason why Soho developed as an art community was well, it's a whole long story to go into it, but why? We got some. What, but well, Leo <laughs> Costelli. There were two guys. There was there was um, two guys from the Hague, and they owned a um, a moving company. Wow. And that Walter and um, and Fritz. Fritz is a big, tall, handsome guy, and Walter was much more serious, and, but they were both serious and they came down to Soho and like good, good business people, they saw a building that they thought, hey, you know, this is a good warehouse. And it was a 420 building, which became the centerpiece of Soho. Uh And I showed there in 1970, I I actually opened the building. I was one of the Uh people that opened, I was with. I was showing with Andre Emmerich, in a group show that clement greenberg set up called five bennington sculptors and Ileana son i think she was someone who saw the wit right. and leo costelli was on the third floor and that was the beginning Did of so costelli started oh leo leo was the one that when yeah, he yeah. came right he brought iliano who was his ex-wife but they they were great business partners, uh-huh and at that point, that gave the credibility to SoHo. SoHo existed before they came, mm-hmm. but once they came, that was it. And the 420 building was, was the centerpiece, mm-hmm. and it literally is in the center of what was SoHo. Right. Now they've it out to call SoHo's No Ho. And,
1: yeah. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's a lot of Anything, hoes, anything right? for real estate. Exactly. But the movement for the art community there, it moved up later on. I mean, Chelsea and, and it spilled out. But well, Chelsea built up late, much yeah, later. Yeah, the gallery, the
0: biggest galleries at that time were right in Soho. There was art, Max Hutchinson. There was Leo
1: Castelli. There was, you know, um, oh, on and on. Did you we have a out. representative at that point? Or Excuse me. Did you have an art representative? Oh, sure. Yeah, so you. I were,
0: showed so. with Charlie Coles. I, I I had three shows in the 420 building. Uh-huh. Okay. I showed with Charlie Coles, and I showed with I showed with Leo. A uh-huh. show when I showed with with um, Walter von um, what was it not Van Leyen <laughs> I can't remember his last name uh, Walter Walter and Fritz they were the two Dutch guys right and
1: he had a gallery now I remember you but told, I only had you, you do members. know and have worked with uh, Chuck Close too and uh, I recall you have a book he was a neighbor we were, very, yeah. we were good friends but you did a book with him of some sort yes I yes. And that was just before he died, or is that? The, yeah, he died about a, now about a year ago. A year maybe. ago, yeah, because because uh, I've seen some portraits that you did of him, oh, thank you. which I didn't realize.
0: Yeah, it no. was back in in eighty nine. I just said this, it's kind of it, it's it was really um something I did, wanted to do. Yeah. Just something about what he went through and how he came through it and. and it was. I felt it was. A, it was very rewarding to do the book. Uh, is it still? I like... did like about ninety drawings. Oh, you did. Maybe more. Wow. The book has ninety drawings. I did about. A, I, I started to put together another supplement. Uh-huh. That was sculptural. I okay. wanted to make them in sculpture instead oh. of just drawings, oh, yeah. but it never got into a book.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, it's never too late. Yeah. Never too late. <laughs> So what are you doing in Burlington now? Just, I know well, now you, I'm doing. You came to New York to get warm. Right? Right, so now
0: on. I'm doing exactly what I want to. Do. Okay. Back when my, my ex-wife and I broke up in 80, 87, June fifteenth of eighty-seven. That very night, I had a I, I started a small carousel, and it was twenty inches in diameter, twenty inches high, and I made it in. In uh, air dry clay. And I started as a catharsis. And then I sort of got really into it and wanted to do a bigger version. So I started making plaster pieces. And up in 95, I had made all these pieces in plaster. And I gave it a title. Mm-hmm. It's called The Circus of Life. Uh-huh. And, and way a good name yeah in a way that's it that's what it really is a circus of life right and then I couldn't really financially get the money together I would yeah. I had I was working with somebody in, in Europe actually I, I met with Jacques long the the finance minister of, of, of France and this guy um, that I was working with wanted to um, bought de Groot He was kind of, I don't know if the right word ambassador, but he was, I'll call him an ambassador to the court of Nice from Holland. Wow, that's a nice job. He was a big time lawyer. (laughs) But we never can get it off the ground. Right. And it didn't happen. And I even had uh, spoken to the mayor. I visited the mayor of Nice. And every time it got bigger and bigger to build this carousel full size. And I really wanted to make... In the end, I didn't care about a full-size carousel. I wasn't looking to make a piece of entertainment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make a, a work of art that was a metaphor. Right. And a, and, a, and so finally, after all these years of going back and forth and not quite getting it going, not having the money to put together a big model so I can make a business plan, which you have to have. Yeah. I never I, I could tell people about it and they loved it and they said, Well, can you make a model so we can see it? Can you tell us how much to cost?" And I said, Well, I don't have the money. They weren't helping me. Ah, <laughs> so I right. couldn't do it. And went on and on and finally somehow Vermont has played a big part of my life. I went to Bennington in nineteen 19- Sixty-nine, mm-hmm. and became a steel sculptor, and really had my career tremendously grow at that moment. And it was with a lot of really well-known artists, but great artists: Isaac Wicken, Ken Nolan, Jewels Zalitsky, on and on. Big names, major names. Yeah, and they were all in
1: Bennington. How did I got that to, happen? Was it just an extension of? Uh, extension
0: of Bennington. Itself, and then I met uh, Clement Clem Greenberg, the art critic, came to my studio, and we became. very close Uh and we started corresponding then he put me in the Andre Emmerich show in 1970 that's what opened the 420 building it was called five Bennington sculptors we were all young sculptors at that time yeah and on the others in Vermont was a place to work at that time I was raising two children and my son was basically born in Vermont the doctor we had originally had to go back to turkey or something like that Definitely. and louise did not want to not have she wanted a natural childbirth oh, right and on. she didn't trust his partner so we wound up going to this dr gardner who was wonderful just on the on the border in vernon well i think vernon's vermont i'm not sure but right on the border yeah. of vermont and um in Bennington, in in, in Massachusetts, was a tiny hospital and my son was born there. So he wasn't quite a Vermonter, but he spent his first uh four years of life in (laughs) Vermont.
1: (laughs) Well, he's an architect now, so he's, architect. He's, he's living, I know, down here in Brooklyn, and uh, yeah, he's... you. Uh, I had a chance to look at the house this morning when I picked you up, and it's a kind of an early house down in the Bowels of Brooklyn, and uh, how, you know, he's obviously doing very well. Well, in I, grew words... in,
0: I grew up in Brooklyn, and well, you did. But you the Brooklyn here. I grew up in was East well, But you were here browser. many, many years, and it was it was as bad then as it is now.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was. Now they say, oh, it's all black people. Then it was all mafia people. <laughs> I don't know which was worse. <laughs> as far as being killed, you get killed by anybody over there. It doesn't matter. Well, it's a little more gentrified
1: where we are. So, so now,
0: so I mean, when I was a kid, they you couldn't even go on the streets because they were shooting people on the street, yeah. and you could be collateral damage. They didn't care about kids.
1: Right. Just murder Incorporated was there. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I lived in a different kind of area. But where, where was that? in this is in, East New York. East New York. Okay. In Brownsville. Oh yeah, well that. Yeah. And they call it a bad neighborhood. It was always a bad neighbor. I know that the reputation, you know, went before it, but was it It was. Um, a, it was a,
0: it, it's not. It's probably more run down now because they neglected it. But now I think even they're building that. No, part. no, it's
1: it's everywhere in Brooklyn is <laughs> game now because it's a it's very chic and in fact uh, real estate people will tell you that it's more expensive than. New York City, when, like when the I, rest of New York, yeah.
0: When I was a kid, all you wanted to do is get out of Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And I okay. remember going with my father, and I think I was crossing either the Manhattan Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge for the first time. Uh-huh. And I thought I was at Mount Everest. Oh! All those skyscrapers yeah, yeah, looked. <laughs> I totally. said, "What is that?" Because <laughs> when I grew up in Brooklyn, there was only there were there was actually a farm on my street. Okay. Called Balsam's Farm. <laughs> they had like twenty-seven cows. I think everyone was emaciated. You're kidding me. Oh. No. They couldn't give any milk. They were so emaciated. Yeah, yeah. They had they had a couple of farmers with pitchforks that you had to watch out for because they were always drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and they would use
1: them. Oh, right. <laughs> so, the neighborhood wasn't They great. didn't have any vegetables, <laughs> just pitchforks. So it's
0: never if I can't, they say it got worse. I don't know if it got worse. It got to be the same. It just changed. It just right. changed a little bit in color, but that's about it.
1: There you go. It was a
0: bad neighborhood.
1: But you went to school here, and obviously you decided that you want to be an artist. Yeah. And that probably was part of where you were growing up. Well, I had there. a really
0: interesting thing. I, uh-huh. Well, I got Tell all me sorts how of trouble. Yeah. This this is a I bring it up but I'm very proud of it in some novels. Uh-huh. And I, I joke and I say I went to reform school. Theoretically it was like a reform school. It was a place called Hawthorne Cedar Nobles. And it was in Hawthorne, New York, just outside oh, of Wakefield, Yes, sure. Around Pleasantville. And in those days, nineteen fifty five, I was born in forty three. In nineteen fifty five, there was an error that um where you can find these kind of places where they would take people and, after I was going to a boarding school, when I married Louise, yeah. and Louise's family was involved with Smith and Choate and Exeter and you name it, the super, I brought her over to Hawthorne, she says, this looks <laughs> like Choate. <laughs> really? But it was always a little bit of danger, but the reason uh-huh. what was what really was great I had why were you te- sent to your I family? family s- your family it.
1: sent you up there?
0: It- yeah, I went through the courts because yeah, I got okay. in all sorts of trouble. I was, It was... Bad guy. The, in those days, either you were going to be a nerd or you were going to hang out with the growing Puerto Rican section, uh-huh. which I loved because they were so wild. Yeah. So okay. Puerto Ricans became my friends and we robbed stores. And I got caught. Okay, that happened. <laughs> Luckily, I got caught and I killed. But anyway, right. so they just shipped me off. But... but it, but i had an art teacher named Maccabee greenfield ah. who was really special there it is. my first really special teacher and he was um he was um not a i wouldn't say first tier artist but he was a first tier knowledge and involvement in the arts wow. but what i mean by first tier i don't want that's not putting him down he wasn't he got he he had things like he got um Fulbright's and stuff, but he never got into the big galleries yeah. but he was- very, and he, that's why his friends were Jackson Pollock and Wilhelm de Kooning and he Maccabee never drank or smoked mm-hmm. unfortunately he died fifty of cancer, one cancer uh, never had a cigarette in his life. Hmm. This happened but he went to school with these guys, and I used to go on Saturday to the Art Students League with him, and I took courses from a Mrs. Katz. There's always somebody taught...
1: in an artist's life, I find.
0: Yeah. And he taught a course, and then after yeah. that, we'd go to the Cedar Bar. Mac wasn't a drinker, but he would have one beer because he mm. could not go there without having something. Uh-huh. And he'd his friends, the like Franz Klein, uh, Wilhelm de Kooning, oh Jackson Pollock. So I got to know know them to some degree yeah. as, a, as a kid. Wow. And it was pretty amazing. And then when I got out of there, when I was 16 and a half, 17, I was on the street and I remember Italian, I was talking to an Italian guy, kid friend of mine on the street, because my neighbor was partly Italian. Uh-huh. And he said, I said, you ever hear Caballero? He said, "Oh, you mean Johnny up the street?" <laughs> right. So I realized where where am I right now? I'm, uh-huh. not, I'm, I'm still talking in double negatives. I'm yeah. still saying I'm still saying uh, I seen instead of I saw. I'm still doing all the wrong grammar because I didn't get. Much, I was doing nothing but art growing up. And yet I knew all these names like Picasso and Michelangelo and Donatello. <laughs> it was bizarre.
1: That's strange. How did you get involved with uh, Louise Peabody? I mean, that's, that's a good question. Coming out of the I went of after Portland that I went one of America's most famous families. One of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, what happened was that I, I was, went back, I went to Jefferson Thomas Jefferson High School. Mm-hmm. Which was considered even then the worst school in New York City.
1: <laughs>
0: but I got it, got I, I was there for about maybe four or five months, and I said, This is not for me. So I walked out of it. I was 17 and a half, went down Pennsylvania Avenue, took a, a right on, I think, Vermont, actually, okay. <laughs> ironically, took a right on Vermont, and went to recruiting office, and, 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 I, and, and I became uh, a draftee. Ah. So I only had to do two years and I went into service, it was great. Right. It was before the Vietnam War. I didn't have to deal with that. It's nineteen sixty one. When I got out mm-hmm. in sixty-three, it was full of bloom. Yeah. And I was already out. I would have had to you know, I don't want to say what I would
1: have done. Yeah. No. But
0: course. I it was not for the war. It, it, but I was but at seventeen I didn't care. I would have gone around. Right, to of course. So curious. then I went to the Art Student's League, because I, that's the place I knew, and one of my teachers, Jose DeCraft, who was, did Alice in Wonderland in Central Park Oh, yeah, that wonderful piece. I, I said to I, I asked him, I said, uh, Jose, what, do you know anybody I can practice to? And he said, well, William Zorick might need somebody. And William Zorick became one of the, like another Maccabee Greenfield. I, I, he lived in Brooklyn Heights he lived in a carriage house I walked in he was already getting on in age so my relationship with, with him was a, as an old man not so much as his assistant because he was, the only pieces he was making were, were in the foundries and they were already big pieces because he was I was he was, only had a couple of years left to live but I would drive him everywhere and I met all sorts of people through him I met Jacques Lipschitz Oh, Hein Gross! Wow. All these people I'm were his friends, thing. and I would be with him, taking them around, and, and and then he wanted me to go to Scott Hegan Art School, which is a great summer art school in 1964, and and I had no money to go there, so he he was going to do a scholarship the following year, but he put he, he decided that I'd be the first recipient of his scholarship. Uh-huh. So I went. I was on a William Zorich scholarship because I had no money. And when I got off the bus at Skowhegan, there were two people. I don't remember which hand I shook first. John Ventimiglia, who was a dear friend, sculptor, or Louise. Ah, and she was there. Wow. Okay. And that's how we met. Oh, ah, okay. And it changed my whole life. Of course. And so yeah, gave me a level of sophistication that I never had before that. Right, I was right. this tough kid... With, that knew so much about art but knew nothing about anything yeah, else. interesting. maybe football. yeah,
1: yeah maybe <laughs> I like playing football. football okay, <laughs> but you made it your life and indeed uh, I know it was traumatic when when you when you divorced and obviously the carousel was born as a result of that, Is that
0: yeah, that it was a ter- it was really hard to it, it divorce been. really yeah yeah flipped me backwards right. And it took many years to recover, but now. The carousel is getting done and i'm so excited and i went back to vermont a second time because vermont i i I don't want to be there much longer i don't want to get up at five below zero every morning i'm getting too old for that stuff but there's a place called generator where i'm working and I started there because I had that commission that you know about, yeah, and for that was going to be in Greenpoint, and right, right. I started making the cows on this laser, um, computerized laser cutter, mm-hmm. plasma laser, and that's what the beginning was. And then I, then I found a way to get to make my carousel characters reasonably priced right. with a CNC router I don't I've never worked in wood before but there were people there that are great wood carvers and yeah. great wood people in Vermont okay. so yeah. I'm working with this guy Seamus and another young man named Alex two assist. I always had great assistants and these guys were really great assistants okay now, I mean they're almost as good as, as good as almost any assistant I had except for one Robert Walker. <laughs> Bob Walker. My piece on on 83rd Street, Bob Walcott did. My oh. piece,
1: and that's fabricated. It, that's I went that's walking chariot lights. Right. Yeah,
0: I did it one before that on 80. That's that it was at the Sagamore Hotel in, in Miami Beach, and that's a, a, that was a that was a precursor to this. No, this was a precursor to one on 83rd Street. That mm-hmm. this other one came second. <laughs> unbelievable he came to work for me he was from Barbados he married this woman he didn't know any any anything about america she was kind of redneck in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and want, lived in vermont so he needed a job i put an ad in the paper for somebody who right. Well done. the going rate was 3 dollars an hour
1: okay <laughs> he came he
0: was very happy to be
1: paid 3 dollars an I hour i guess
0: so it was an incredible relationship. He taught me so much about steel and how to work with it because he started working when he was twelve years old in Barbados.
1: Oh, and a steelman,
0: um, best craftsman. At, at, yeah. I've never met a craftsman on that level in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, I've had great craftsmen, but Bob's in another league. Right. Right. And. I told him about art. And the next thing you know, he's now in New York City. He's got a big fabrication shop on in Red Hook. You he meets a woman named Sherry who was the director of, well, he divorced his wife, but he grew out, he outgrew her when he got here. He um, divorced his wife and he, Took off with Sherry to California. I don't know if he's still alive. Uh, I, I can't, yeah. or or anything, because um, I'll be seventy nine in Boston. Bob's my age. He's probably fine, but I haven't never heard from him after that. Uh, but a lot of the artists in Bennington. You know, I couldn't compete with him at a certain point. I did up him to ten dollars an hour. He was very happy to get ten. Okay, right. I wasn't. I wasn't cheap. No, no. I, was no, okay. real, I offered the ten. He <laughs> worked for three. He said three dollars an hour was the golden rate. Uh,
1: even yeah, even the time ago. <laughs> what uh, what year was that? 50 so, what, 63 or so something. So I got lucky right? a lot of times. A lot of, a
0: lot of different ways. I always got lucky, and yeah, after, there was. This guy Greg, Gregor Mendel, who um, was a botanist, I think. He, he remember, he crossed, he, he crossed um, all these plants, oh, read, uh, and he was, flowers, a, and he was yeah. a monk. And I remember reading something about him where he said he had splendid good luck and terrible bad luck
1: simultaneously. <laughs> okay. and I think I have that same. Okay, <laughs> well, listen, I, I think uh, you've had a good life and a good run because your 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 pieces are are valued and are, you know, I know you have a collection of, uh, out here with I mean, Josh. Or, you know, no, no, example. I'm in a lot of museums. So. And I know you're in a lot of museums and, and you have about 50 or 60 people uh, who collect you. I mean, I saw that on mm-hmm. the internet or more. Many more. So, I mean, you've really got a I've been fortunate, career. I've been fortunate yeah, yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're I think your sculptures are still... Um, What's that? Your sculptures... Are certainly the uh, quintessential David yeah, stuff.
0: That's that's really me.
1: When, yeah, yeah.
0: when you picked me up at my sons this morning, yeah. The first thing I showed you was that that that. Yeah. Oh yeah. My daughter's uh, portrait I could have been a portrait right. sculptor.
1: Right. Right.
0: I mean sculpture, but with Maccabee Greenfield in Hawthorne, mm-hmm. the great thing there is he himself had done many different things, and he was a, a he. Uh, I don't. He was a stage set designer mm. for Tennessee Williams in in um, in Provincetown. Uh, yeah. He designed the Howley duty costumes. Okay.
1: And, <laughs> and, and
0: so he did so many different things, right. but he was a painter by nature. Uh-huh. And so I even did some painting, but I never. You put a brush in my hand. I feel very uncomfortable. Okay. I gotta have something that hard. To steel. C- well, it doesn't have to be steel, but it has to be. Even my drawings, I do in ink. Uh-huh. I don't do them in, 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 in brush. No, I do Why? Because yeah, it's yeah. A, I'm carving it all the time. Right. And usually, when I start working on a drawing,
1: uh-huh.
0: almost every drawing now, I, I I it's it's out of habit, and I do a lot of drawing, as you know, and.
1: Like every day, I'll, I'll
0: draw a sketch thing and then I'll spend time carving it, carving it. Carving
1: it. Do so you do? I'm you, working in two dimensions. Do you draw dimensions. every day, David? Was that? Do you draw every day?
0: Oh yeah. Okay, I, I'd say I put it in 10, 12 hours every day. You're kidding me. Mostly to draw it. Okay. Well, and sculpture, if I'm sculpting, yeah, yeah, not yeah, as right, many. Right. Okay. But I, I think it. <clears throat> There were very few days in my life that I didn't try to put like five or six hours okay. at least yeah. And you, mostly yeah. 10, 12, 14, sometimes 16 hours. I well, love what I'm doing, so if, right. if you love what you're doing, it's not work.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a pleasure. That's the greatest phrase I woke up this
0: morning, my, what was I going to do? It was. You were going to pick me up. Right. I was up at 7, 6.30, 7. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My son's got this new TV with Rocco and all this other stuff on. Try to figure that cool. one. Trying to figure that one out. It took me th- last night I couldn't do it, but this morning I, I finally got to get the news. But I know I don't know what that thing could do. It's got you six thousand. You
1: don't have views. to be in this century. Stay a little bit in the last century, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got into it.
0: But I sat down and drew for three hours till you came. Right. And that was my pleasure.
1: I understand and that's you know, it, part of the reason that your 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 work is so so consistent. And you know, it's amazing that uh, well, you know you, know you know look what? at it on your website and you are consistent about what you do. You
0: know, I don't care if you're a boxer, if you're a baseball player, I'm talking sports or any field. Yeah. In baseball, you go in the batting cage. Right. In boxing, you go in the sparring. In basketball, you shoot the rims. In in football, you do the reps. All those things are the same for me. When I draw, I, it, my drawings are almost automatic on some levels. Mm-hmm. My hand knows exactly where to go. And that's not me bragging. It's just because my brain has has done so much work with this; right, right. <laughs> it just knows exactly where I'm looking. Just close your eyes before I know it. It's like, it right? <laughs> I once read where this, it was a cliche, but Eugene Smith was a, one of the great photographers in the world, and he had a show at the Jewish Museum. And I went there with Maccabee Greenfield when I was thirteen, fourteen. So I was already going to museums. With him. Wow! And and, um, and I remember they had a sign, or not a sign, but words that said, he saw the moment before the moment. Well, that was a cliche in a way, but he really did. Photographers do that. Yeah. It's the intuition.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. So
0: my intuition has grown tremendously by putting in all these reps, obviously, working every day, moving here, moving mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes to... If you're a dilettante, you're not going to be a good artist. It's just not going to happen. Artists work because they have to work. I mean, people say to me, I'll be 79 next month. And they say, are you going to retire? Have Uh, you retired? uh, I look at them. They
1: can't I don't even answer anymore.
0: I used to look <laughs> dazed. Now I just said, no, 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 I'm
1: not. Well, your hands you won't let you retire, right? That's... If I go out like Picasso, I'll be very
0: happy. <laughs> he worked till about maybe an hour or two before he died. Yeah. He went. He said, well, I'm going to lie down." That's... Maybe two hours. He great painted no. his last painting, and his last painting was one of his great paintings. Ah. <laughs> so go figure. That's I don't know. That's that, the I artist. That, Titian worked till he was. Uh-huh. Well into his 90s. Yeah, yeah, Michelangelo was 86 or something.
1: So you want to complete this uh, carousel? That really, I know, is an objective. Excuse me. Your, you want to complete the carousel? As the part carousel of your, your is your the
0: most important thing I can do. It and is, that, yeah. I'm going to be going back to to, to uh, Burlington mm-hmm. to put it together. I'm doing. I'm working with a couple of different people, possibly in Tampa, and also um, in. Um, in, um, I'm working with, in, in, in Rome with a wonderful lady who was out of Tampa was introduced to me mm-hmm. in Tampa. So I have a little team again, and it reminds me when I was—I had—I had a little bit of a rock star career, not not the right. extreme rock star, but a little bit. I made it very young, sort of. Most artists don't. And I, then when Louise and I broke up at 43, wow. I lost everything for one reason or another, my fault. I never blame anybody for right. my problems, but I did something in the 60s that to this day is very important to me. And I won't go into elaborating on it because, because it'll take too long. And the carousel plays a role here in it. Right. And I'm doing it for one reason. I studied with a man named Wilhelm Neil, Wilhelm Nyland. Who was a disciple of Gurjief, who was a Sufi, and that Sufism is very important to my life. It doesn't leave me. And the carousel, for
1: example, is part of that. Can you explain for our listeners what a Sufi is?
0: Yeah, I didn't want to go a into a just a little bit. A little bit. Sufis
1: yeah. began with yeah.
0: They were an out an outgrowth in Persia in the 12th century. Yeah. And Rumi, the great uh, Persian poet, was the was the kind of founder of it. And there's a and the carousel had for me has two titles. But one title is, is personal and I'll just relate it it's called Conference of the Birds. The Conference of the Birds has a cover and, and it was done in the 15th century by these great Persian um, poets. And it was more like a, a prose, it went on for 260 mm-hmm. pages. So. And yeah. on the cover, there's a tree trunk. And all these birds go to the tree trunk because the Sufis believe you're part, all different parts of different birds. And they all go to, to the center, which is theoretically,
1: god right the soul god.
0: and the, so the tree trunk is the is for me the post of the carousel and everything coming to it. okay so it has a real yeah. spiritual side
1: but i don't and really, actually the parsis that went to uh india as well from the 12th century. oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> the same jewish uh, group yeah but i understand the sufis and, and that's the Sufis know which are basically the Sufis. Yeah, I didn't know you had that as a as a, oh, core, yeah, as the, a core concept. Because, the Sufis yeah.
0: are, are the whirling dervishes. Right, right. But there's one aspect. Yeah, I never, I never did any der, any whirling, no, but not. I did do Sufi dances. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> a little easier. That's
0: cool. <laughs> I don't know if I want to whirl. But this that, that's, a special, that's a, that a,
1: is really intriguing because it's not just a carousel. It's a it has set of a life's of work. Life's work and involved in that. So. if I
0: think of myself as an artist,
1: yeah, I, and
0: I think the, the the purest of me and the gifts that I've been given and I'm not and I've been given some gifts and I really mm-hmm. am thankful. Mm-hmm. But one of them was to understand negative well you can't be a sculptor if you don't have this gift. But I seem to have an extreme focus in this direction. We're negative and positive space and weight and balance. When I was, when I was, my career was taking off in the early 80s, I did this piece called Amarillo, which was all over the floor. I won't go into detail because it's too long a story. It went to the Australian National Museum, where it is now. Then, and a year or two later, they were made up of tiny pieces all over the place. Because my studio in Soho was so justified I couldn't use oxacetylene and, and welding torches. I burned down the building. <laughs>
1: And I'd be throwing out. <laughs> Nobody would allow that. <laughs> so, so you made the piece without any. So I made pieces like cohesive. I had a
0: little. Or... I had a little oxacetylene tank. Uh, didn't need a big one. And uh, most of the time I would hide it, uh, but I didn't have to hide it all the time. And then I would just cut and cut these pieces with shears, or cut it with oxalic just a, but small pieces. And I wound up making. Amarillo and then I'm went. Then I had backing, I, things that most people don't get. I got backing from a billionaire who was going to build a museum in my name. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, not by doing having anything to do with it. His father owned. Um, his father was 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 the CEO of Ashland Oil. So Charlie. I'll say his name because it's all out there. Charlie Atkins Mm. um, inherited a zillion dollars, and he was going to build a museum in my name. He's only 25 years old, and then he started. I actually had a contract with. Wow! And my lawyer said, "You better not. You better divest everything because they're going to come after you." Because Charlie gave me like a hundred thousand, and then it ended. Oh. You know, it was going from it was going to be fifty thousand dollars a month for the rest of my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I showed it to the lawyer I had then, and he said, "Oh, you got to sign this. This is this is a contract Picasso would have." Right, <laughs> but unfortunately, it was he was a Ponzi schemer. They never came after me. Oh, no. he was the early one. I mean, he he could have done time just like. Um, Bernie uh, yeah,
1: its sister, but, by the way, just killed herself yesterday. Nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty, eighty-one. They didn't come after people. Oh, uh, they didn't at that point. If
0: yeah. you had a lot of money, you got away with it. Yeah, well, he took off
1: to Jacksonville, Florida,
0: and right, I don't well. know where he is now. Well, let's find out. He never did I, He never. I had nothing to do with anything there. Yeah, yeah. and he was good to me, but it never. Yeah. So then I was stuck again, and that at that point things started changing, because even though I had some money, I was really working hard. I was really freaking out. I wasn't doing well, and I, unfortunately I was doing some, doing a lot of a lot of pot in those days. I I do no drugs. I, I haven't had a drug in, in how many years? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't even drink. And so I'm, I'm totally a teetotaler. Right. But in those days, like everybody else, and I wound up taking a little coke because you, you had no choice. All right. I mean, you go into a, no. a bathroom, there'd be ten lines of coke. Yeah. Everybody was doing it. Yeah. But it was messing up my career. Right. And it caused my... In some ways, it wasn't a total cause of my breakup, but it had a big part
1: of it. Okay.
0: Not that... I mean, not... Because I this was erratic. I was working... I became crazy. But I was never normal to begin with.
1: Well, I think... An that's an artist. <laughs> must have some degree of that. I really believe that. and uh, But I think you've matured <laughs> in so many ways because you are actually doing the work that you really enjoy now.
0: Yeah, and I... You, you, you know, through the Sufis, you learned. I learned yeah. to to embrace pain. Nietzsche said, "Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Exactly. Right. I feel. I relish, literally <clears throat> relish, times when my I can't a drawing isn't coming out of me because uh-huh. I know the next one's going to be great. I just get excited. Uh-huh. And also, if something yeah. is negative around me, if, uh, uh-huh. I get excited to say, "Embrace it." Embrace the pain. That's the only way you grow.
1: I like it, I like it.
0: And I do that, and, that, and Yeah. that's why um, this carousel is gonna be a, a real good work of art. I'm gonna be proud of it.
1: Well, I wanna be there when it gets done. So uh, Great. Uh, this has been a discussion with David uh, Stoltz of uh, the, the uh, art colony of Burlington at the moment. Are you going to stay there for a while, or are you kind of come back?
0: I, I hope not. I hope like the best time of year is to be there coming up. Right. But I hope the as soon as I finish the carousel model, mm-hmm. which I hope would all goes well, should be the middle of spring, maybe May. The model's not a small piece. It's going to be quite big, six feet in diameter. Okay. It's, you know, it's made out of a 3D printer. It's a lot of work. Right. There's sixty-seven. There's, there's 30 or 40 characters on it. There's domes, and it'll be a miniature... Not even miniature, because it's big enough to be more than a miniature, but it'll be a big model. And I'll have the model to show, and I'll draw up the business plan. And from that point, I hope... To be able to leave Burlington, either go to Italy, Mm -hmm. which has opened up for me
1: to hear, yeah,
0: but probably Tampa. And there's a few things going on in Sarasota which I I don't want to talk about Uh in terms of anything yet because they're just beginning, but they're they're big. Good, good. And so it's going to be, you know, most people don't get a second chance, and I worked so hard for it. And here I am, 79, and I'm building. I feel like I'm back in, in the 80s when I was making all those pieces with Charlie Atkins, and, and people were <laughs> saying, "Oh, you're, you know, you're going to be a superstar," and blah blah blah, and having well, big
1: openings. And... You're a superstar in a lot of people's eyes. So, <laughs> uh, thanks very much, David. We we uh, are happy to have you here. And uh, this is uh, Jack Muranfi for Art TV. And uh, David is our first uh, guest here today, and I think a very good one to, Thank to start us off on a, on a, what we hope will be a channel that will be of interest to people in the art business, and and cons, you know consumers who might, you know want to get involved or understand the art, and that's our goal. So you're you're a great entry. It.
0: I mean, you know, yeah. I'm not saying this is the most we need. Yes, we need to have something. That's just not entertainment that's going we can look at it and we can see that it's given us something it it goes to our heart, it goes to our soul it go great art if if I'm producing that i'm not going to say because I'm not the person to say that, but I know I 'm giving everything I have, and I know if I give everything I have it's going to penetrate a lot of people, and that's what I care about
1: thank you it was a great final words thanks very much again David thanks for coming down out of the cold (laughs) thanks for coming down out of the cold (laughs) listen I'm happy to do that okay (laughs) we'll have you again Really enjoyed uh, our discussion and uh, you know we look forward to seeing that uh, are we still on mic yeah we are good we're just kind of winding down here and uh Happily uh, to have you come down to New York when you're here again, maybe in June when you get the carousel done. Oh, it'll be wonderful. All right, so look forward to that. But uh, thanks for being a guest here. Great. Thank you.